Hey, hey everyone, it's Tori Townley with Servolution. On behalf of Pastor Dino Rizzo and our whole team, we want to welcome you to the Serve Brew. So grab your favorite mug and join us for a virtual coffee break with some of the raddest outreach leaders on the planet. We'll get to hear about their stories, their communities, gain fresh wisdom, insight, and practical tools to help us serve the people in our city with the love of Jesus every single day. So grab your coffee, your notebook, and hit play. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Serve Brew. It's Tori Townley. Hope everybody's doing great this week. I am loving summer. I don't know about y'all, but it is just the happiest. Everybody's focused on outreach, so many cool ideas. And I have found and invited one of the coolest guests to join us today. He is like king of kindness. Um, His name is Austin Cooper. Hey, Austin. Hi. What's up? We are um, talking, you're in uh, Weatherford, Texas, Greenwood Baptist Church, you're the outreach pastor there. There's some backstory that's pretty fun. I um, found you on Instagram because of Pastor Steve Shogren, and most of our listeners know that he was really a big inspiration in what we do at Servolution. Pastor Dino read Conspiracy of Kindness and a bunch of his other books, and he has just a beautiful heart for practical, simple acts of kindness and really like birthed a lot of what we do. And I know that he also is kind of a mentor to you and you have been doing all these really cool kindness things in your community and training other churches. And so seeing you on Instagram, I was like, we are cut from the same cloth. You got to come and share your heart with us. So thank you so much for taking time to share with our people today. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And, and for sure. Yeah. Steve has a beautiful heart and I can't wait to share a little bit about the story about how I met him and he mentored me and all that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear this because I don't know that story. <laughs> he's the best. We, uh, I got to meet him a few years back and he just, he's so funny. He's yeah. so quirky. He told me one time, he's like, you need to get a fuzzy dog. And I was like, well, I'm <laughs> get a fuzzy dog. And he's like, this conversation, you connect with people, go for a walk with a fuzzy dog and you watch how many people you're going to get to talk to and love on. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> So what's your fuzzy dog's name then? <laughs> um, I found a rescue dog. He's not so fuzzy, but he's huge. His name's Stormtrooper. So he definitely is the conversation starts. <laughs> That's cool. Well, okay. Before we jump into the great story, I want to know icebreaker question. We always ask, what's your Starbucks or coffee order? Yeah, it's kind of funny that you asked that because today I had a big breakthrough. Uh, for my whole life, my Starbucks order has always been a hazelnut latte. And, you know, for the guys listening to this, I also drink black coffee. So, you know, you don't make fun of me. Uh, But uh, COVID (laughs) totally took away my love for coffee in general, uh, completely changed my taste buds. And I went to get a birthday coffee in 2021, ordered my usual order of hazelnut latte, and it was awful. And uh, ever since then, I've been trying to get it back. And I ordered one this morning and it was wonderful. It tasted exactly how it used to taste. So uh, that is definitely my go-to order. It's a hazelnut latte, and it tastes beautiful again. So, so glad that you've become full circle. That's that's a horrible, yeah. scary, that's like my worst nightmare to not be able to think coffee tastes good. So I'm yeah, glad yeah, you got it, it back. Rough. It was pretty rough. So yeah, you know, this oh. might be the most powerful question you asked me all day. I'm going to cry about it. it was, uh... What a testimony. <laughs> like we need to yeah. celebrate the miracles that Jesus is doing. That's one of them. I love it. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Tell us about you as a whole. Like what's a little bit of your personal story and how did you find yourself in the middle of kindness as your life, basically? 
Yeah, so I wasn't looking for it at all. Um, I was studying, studying to be a, a soccer coach and a speech teacher. I love the idea of how words can impact people and then I loved soccer. And so that's what I really wanted to devote my life to. And I was uh, three quarters of my way through uh, my university career when uh, I started actually reading the Bible for myself, which is kind of a, a dangerous thing to do if you don't want God to shake up your life. And I totally realized I had always told God what I was going to do rather than ask him what he wanted me to do in my life. And so one day I was just walking across my room after reading the Bible, and I specifically felt like God was saying, I want you to go into ministry. And at the time, I think I was like 19 years old, and I saw, I said, God, I'm not old enough to be a lead pastor. Um, my youth pastor had been at my church for like 20 years. I didn't think I was going to take his job. Um, I hadn't had kids yet. I didn't really even like kids, so I thought uh, I didn't think I could be a children's pastor. Now, I've had three kids since then. I love them. I still don't want to be a children's pastor, though, um, and I had no musical ability, and so I asked God, you know, what is it that you want me to do in my life, and the more I prayed about it, I felt nudged by the Holy Spirit to devote my life into helping churches get outside of their four walls and to show his love and kindness in very simple and practical ways. And so I was like, okay, I don't think that's a thing, but <laughs> I'll look into it. And uh, then just like much like you already mentioned Dino's story, I read Conspiracy of Kindness by Steve Shogren. And um, I actually contacted him and said, hey, I'm a junior going into senior of, of university. I only have one free summer left. Can I come just live with you and learn from you? And uh, he said, absolutely, come on. You know, he told me to go buy a fuzzy dog. I didn't know what that meant at the time. <laughs> but uh, so I got to be mentored by Steve Shogren, this, this guru in kindness and kindness outreach or servant evangelism. And, you know, when I was meeting with him, um, I kept on asking, you know, what are ideas, 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 ideas? And he kind of sat me down and he said, I think you're fundamentally asking the wrong question. You're asking about ideas. Let's find out kind of why we do what we do first. And he had me read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over again and highlight where Jesus interacted with people that were considered to be far from God. And every time that I saw Jesus interacting with people like that, there was usually a rhythm of his life um, where he would serve people in some sort of practical, tangible way while he told them about the kingdom of God and ultimately the salvation that he was going to offer people. And, and I started seeing how his servanthood really connected with the deeper truth of him dying for our sins. Um, and so much so that I, I like to, to show that, you know, obviously almost everyone knows this verse, but uh, Jesus said that he didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And so he connects servanthood with the ultimate act of service of salvation, that he would be dying on the cross for our sins. And then I love when he's washing the feet of the disciples. Um, you know, he's washing Peter's feet and Peter says, uh, no, Jesus, stop. You know, I should be washing your feet. And Jesus basically tells him, hey, if I don't make you clean, who else will? And Peter, understanding that his service was pointing to a greater truth, uh, basically said, well, then not just my feet, Lord, my entire body. And so again, started seeing that there was this, this common thread of Jesus's servanthood uh, leading to a greater truth of the kingdom of God, which was that he loved us right where we were, that he wanted to, to show us his love and his kindness and lead us to uh, a relationship with him. And so that became kind of the foundation that Steve helped me understand of, man, we do these things. We, we show kindness 
because we have been shown kindness by Christ. You know, we love because he first loved us. And ultimately we serve our communities because we serve a God that served us uh, before we were even uh, in love with him. Wow, that is so deep, like to have such a, a backstory like that. I love that he took the time to help solidify the foundation of the why, because it is true, especially for, I think, it depends on how you kind of enter into the outreach world and kind of get your heart in that space. A lot of times it does come with what's the idea first? Like we have this culture of who can be the most creative and especially in Servolution, we're like, what's the best idea? What's the funnest? How can we create the best experiences? But the why coming first, it does connect you to the truth. And I think there is such a hunger from people right now who are looking for like, what is the real hope? And yeah. people, I feel like we're all seeing people being so open to just the gospel, the pure gospel, whereas maybe before COVID, it may have been a little like, I don't wanna hear all that, but right now I think people are so just like, I just need the truth. Sure. Um, so I love that that is kind of your story. Your, your just, it was your personal heart wrapped up in it. It's yeah. amazing. Um, I'd love to hear, a little bit about like right now you're in Weatherford, Texas, you are leading outreach at your church, but also training others. What do you guys do? What does it look like when you're serving in your community? I know we have featured so many of y'all's ideas. Like they're so much fun. It's like red light chicken mini giveaway, Reese's Pieces eggs. Like y'all got the signs made. It's just so much fun. So tell me like a little snapshot of how does it look for you guys locally? Yeah, so after being mentored by Steve and, and again, kind of understanding this common thread of kindness and service that was in Jesus's life, and honestly, I didn't really touch this, but throughout the whole Bible, you see a common thread of kindness. You know, Romans chapter two, verse four says, it is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And so we came, I came back to Texas, I got hired to be an outreach pastor at my, uh, my local church, and we just said simply, you know, um, what would Jesus do if he was here today? He did this in the first century how would he be showing his love in practical ways and exactly like you talked about man we felt so much freedom to express his love in practical ways and creative ways but simple ways that anyone could do and so we started just saying hey we know that uh basically throughout our history we had always done one huge service day but we want to kind of mix that actually and say and be more consistent in our community and so we came up with hey every second and fourth saturday of the month, we're going to serve from 10 a.m. to 12, um, and we're just going to even whether it's three people or 30 people, we're going to go show God's love in practical ways on a consistent basis in our community. And uh, started doing things like holding up one-dollar car wash signs, and when people came in, we would wash their car for free and give them a dollar instead of them giving us anything in return. And uh, you know, going to Dr. Pepper is king in Texas. You know, you have like if someone's dying of thirst in the desert of Texas, you don't give them water, you give them Dr. Pepper. And, <laughs> you know, fine dining, Dr. Pepper comes before anything else. And so we go to busy red lights and hold up free Dr. Pepper signs and, and give people the, the Dr. Pepper right in their car. And, uh, you know, what we started realizing is that as we were serving people in this way, um, people would ask us the questions that we wanted to get into conversations with at the beginning of uh, serving. And so they were asking us, hey, why are you doing this? What church are you with? You know, what, what does this mean whenever you're saying that Jesus loves me? And we started just kind of saying, hey, we wanted to show you that God loves you in a practical way. 
uh, with no strings attached. And again, it was like the service was connecting with people in a very powerful way. Um, because here's the thing, I think that, like you said, a lot of people are expecting uh, kind of a string to be attached. People are expecting some sort of like Bible shoved down their throat or promotional uh, thing down their throat. But when we serve like Jesus did and we don't expect anything in return, people become more open to that. And that's what we were seeing you know, at the car washes, people saying, man, you're a church and you're giving me the dollar. I should be giving you money instead. Or at the Dr. Pepper giveaway, people were crying in their cars simply because we were showing them God's love in, in practical ways. And, and so, you know, just continuing to think of these ideas, um, continuing to serve our community to the point where we have, for the past 12 years, we've served our community uh, very consistently and uh, not because of me, but because of our church and, and the way they responded, I think very well. And, um, and we've seen God do a lot of cool things from that. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. I have two questions and I don't know which way I want to go, but I'm going to ask this one first. So you guys do these amazing kindness outreaches and obviously it's just kind of like, it's a surprise to people. A lot of times you probably have a lot of reactions like, what is this about? How do you guys, how do you prepare your team to foster those moments? Cause I know it's not hundred percent of those reactions, but you're going to have the few how do you make sure that your team is ready to care for those moments well? Yeah. So first of all, we tell people, hey, this is not a program. Uh, we want you to be led by the spirit. Uh, but with that said, we know that a lot of people, and this is one thing I just want to encourage anyone listening to this, um, is that, you know, I think we overestimate how ready our people are to share the gospel sometimes, or even to have simple conversations like God loves you. And so we understand that. And that's one of the things that we've seen is a lot of people that aren't quite ready to share their faith. They'll come wash a car. They'll come pass out Dr. Peppers or whatever it is. And so we tell them, hey, if you don't know what to say, just simply say, we are doing this to show you that God loves you in a practical way. And then what's been really cool is uh, usually people respond really well to that. And we say, hey, if you think you can want to pray for this person, uh, we're encouraging you to do that. Uh, but maybe try saying, can we say a quick 10 second prayer for you? And for some reason, and, and you know, this has actually gone over really well nationally, not just in our town, uh, but you know, can I pray for you is about 50% yes, 50% no. But can I say a quick 10 second prayer for you is just about a 95% yes rate. And so we coach our people, hey, tell them, can I say a quick 10 second prayer for you? And then ask when they say yes, is there anything specific uh, that I can pray for? And that is kind of where, where really we start seeing a lot of the quote unquote ministry happening. And we are preparing our people in that way. Like, hey, when you ask that question, you know, we believe that God is not random. We believe that God is using these things to intentionally put you at the right place at the right time. And, and don't be surprised that you might have the exact same story of the person that you're serving and praying for. And so when the person says, yes, I actually just found out I had cancer or I'm going through a divorce or, you know, I've had a, a child that is lost or lost the faith or left the faith or whatever it is, you know, our people are ready and they're prepared uh, to say, okay, this is the moment that God sent me here for this. And, and again, washing cars, you know, washing windows, we wash toilets at gas stations. Uh, the service is what gets us in the door and then God kind of does the rest. And so to to kind of follow up on your question, you know, we're preparing our people 
we're trying not to make it programmatic, but we're also giving them little sound bites to be able to feel comfortable uh, for the Holy Spirit to kind of kind of use them in a way uh, that they will they will always remember and that they will want to continue doing. I love that. I love how you worded that too. Like it's not we're programming and structuring, but you're giving people the intention to be able to be aware and ready for those moments and feel like they're equipped to do it and strong because I know I'm shy. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But when I know, okay, here's what to expect. And the 10 second prayer for the person who's receiving it is brilliant, but also for the person who has to do it. I know a lot of people who are just like, I cannot pray out loud, but if you say, give them 10 seconds, like that, that just takes the edge off a little bit. And I'm sure, oh my gosh, I'm sure it's so potent and so beautiful. It's amazing. Very cool. And I love that you said, it's just funny. Like we talk about random acts of kindness, but you said God's not random. And that is powerful to me because he's so intentional. And so just, he planned it all to us. It looks random, but it's not at all. That's really good. Very cool. On that a little bit, because I think that is one of the ways we prepare our people is number one, we tell them, Hey, this is not up to you. Uh, We believe that Jesus said in John chapter six, verse 44, that uh, no one can come to me except those that God draws. And uh, our church personally teaches free will, uh, but it is also very clear scripturally that the Holy Spirit is the one that has to draw people to Jesus. And so we tell the people, hey, let that pressure off of you, you know, release that pressure off of you thinking that you have to close the deal or you have to say the right words or pray the correct way, because ultimately it is God that is drawing people to Jesus. And the fun part is you get to be a part of that. Um, And so we release the pressure that way. You know, we also teach them, like you said, uh, that God is not random. We actually do not tell people what we're doing is random acts of kindness. Uh, we, we intentionally don't use that verbiage because we want people to be seen as sent ones, as ones that God is sending out into our community um, in order to create divine appointments that they get to be a part of. And then we, we teach them also that, a, you know, a church that serves together grows together. We say, hey, go have fun, you know, smile, hold a sign if you're an introvert. You don't feel like you have to talk quite yet. Um, and, and what they start seeing is their friends that are talking, they are sharing, they say, Hey, I can do that. That's not that scary. You know? And so we, we do prepare our people in those three main ways that Jesus meets people where they're at. He's the one that draws people. Number two, that God is not random. And number three, that a church that serves together grows together. Let's go have fun and, and let the Holy spirit do the rest. I love it. I love it. I love it. Have you written a book? (laughs) Such good stuff. I've had to remind myself a few times, Tori, you're hosting this. You're not listening to a podcast that's already been, because it's so good. It's just great stuff to think about. I think our listeners are going to be so encouraged by just the things that you have thought through and lived and experienced and really took, take, taking time to like architect. So thank you for that already. I do want to ask you, I know we talked on the phone a few weeks ago and you shared about um, the kindness explosions that you do. I know you travel, you train churches and leaders. Tell me about that. Like what is this kindness explosion you travel with and what are those, some of the things that you bring with you and teach others? Yeah. And that was really just kind of birthed out of, out of us opening up our hands and saying, God, we want to be used on a kingdom level. Um, you know, as, as cool as it is to do stuff locally, and we, we have a desire to uh, impact your kingdom on, on a national, even world level. And the way God tested us that uh, he had a couple of the bigger churches in our town actually approach us for kindness explosion training or kindness outreach training. <laughs> I think it was God saying, hey, 
are you willing to train another church in your backyard before I send you all around the nation? And so we opened up our hands and we trained them and did kindness explosions with them. And so what that kind of turned into is churches uh, really all around our nation uh, saying, hey, can you do a kindness explosion weekend for us? And so what that looks like is uh, just like with outreach, we try not to make it programmatic. We try to tell the church, hey, what is best for your church, your community, and we will go and do that. But typically what it kind of centers around is a weekend of kindness outreach. It can look like a Friday evening dinner with the church. And I'm speaking through a lot of these things like uh, our intro, our God is not random, the Jesus meets people where they're at. Um, all the things I've kind of already talked about. I'm giving scriptures. We're doing small group discussions. Um, so that would kind of be like a Friday night training. Saturday morning is kind of the meat of the kindness explosion. That's where we gather together the churches. Sometimes it's one church, sometimes it's multiple churches in a community. And then we actually send them out to go do these outreaches, the car washes, the uh, window washing, the dum-dum giveaways, the drink giveaways, whatever it is. <clears throat> and people come back and we have a download time where people are sharing you know, what they saw God do during that time. And then typically churches will have me speak on a Sunday morning uh, about outreach and about uh, you know, Jesus' love for people uh, that don't know him. And so that's kind of what a, a kindness explosion weekend looks like. Um, and again, we kind of tailor it to some people say, oh, we're not going to do the training. We're only going to do Saturday. Some people do all the whole shebang, um, but it's been good. We've, we've trained over 200 churches at this point uh, through kindness explosions. And uh, man, it's just, it's such a simple way to introduce this kind of, these kind of things to your church and, and to, or if you're already doing them to kind of get people more involved and, and uh, kind of reignite their love for outreach. I love it so much. I know I've seen a few of the posts that you guys have done, just like y'all did a packing, like let's pack goodie bags. Like everybody got to build their own goodie bag and go hand it out. I think that was so cool. It was like a kindness bar almost. So it was yeah. really, it was so cool. And I love, I love this idea because sometimes we do need a little bit of a spark, like a little extra here is a chance, an opportunity, an invitation. We're going to highlight this idea or this heartbeat really hardcore just to kind of like jumpstart it. Maybe we've grown a little scale. Maybe we've not built this into our culture yet. And that's such a great way to do that. And I know you bring such wisdom to the table, so many creative thoughts and experiences. So that's so cool. I think, um, I know we talked about we're leading into our big global serve day this summer, and a lot of our churches will spend the month or two leading into that with a big serve focus. So this kindness explosion idea, I think is brilliant. Um, and I'll give you, I will make sure you guys who are listening to kind of link to some of Austin's stuff, or maybe just point them to connect with you if they're interested in learning more. So I think it's so valuable. Um, I do want to ask what are, I know you've shared a lot already, but what are some of your like tips, do's and don'ts philosophies that when you are talking with a church who maybe is trying to build this into their culture, what are some of the things that you might start with? Like maybe your top five tips or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I would say number one is be careful not to overthink it. <laughs> and so I'm not saying don't plan. I'm not saying don't, you know, evaluate where you want to serve and what way you want to serve. But too many times what I see churches do is they do, okay, we want to do outreach and they do a ready, aim, 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 and they never ever actually go do outreach. They just plan, 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 and then say, oh, we're not going to do this or we'll do it next year. And so we actually coach our, our churches to have a ready fire aim 
mentality. And what that is, is, hey, get out there and serve in some sort of way. I can't tell you how many times we have had an excellent idea come out of just going out and doing something poorly. <laughs> you know, one of the things that Steve Shogun always says is anything uh, that is worthwhile doing is worthwhile doing poorly. And what he means by that is, hey, go out there and serve, go out there and try these ideas and, and then God will show you how to do them better. And, and in fact, maybe God will ignite other ideas or, or your people will say, hey, we could do this, but do it over here in this domain of life. Or we could go to our kids' soccer teams and try this. Or, and there's ideas that flow out of just getting out there and doing it. And so that would be one of my main advices is, man, there's, there's so much to be done in our communities when it comes to showing God's love in practical ways that don't overthink it just go out there and do it um, secondly i would say and i've kind of already spoken on this but do not negate the introverts and the people that are not uh, too excited about outward focused things actually press into them and what i mean by that is man communicate very clearly that hey we are going to do a one dollar car wash again that's holding up one dollar car wash signs people coming in washing their car for free and then giving them a dollar uh, we also use a connection card that says, just for you, just because we hope the small gift brightens your day, there are no strings attached. We just want you to know that God loves you. But communicate, that's what you're going to do, if that's what you're going to do. And then communicate to the church, hey, if you don't like the idea of talking to people, God still wants to use you. Hold a sign, wash a car, you know, uh, dry the car. <clears throat> and then, hey, if you're excited about talking and praying with people, come to the window, pray for the person, talk to the person. But we have just seen uh, too many times that churches, they'll communicate what this is, but only focus on the people that already want to do it. Whereas I think one of the things that is so wonderful about kindness outreach or servant evangelism is it really is kind of a dip your toe in the pool kind of thing for outward focused ministry. And families will come, introverts will come, uh, kids will come, and older people will come. They'll all serve together. Uh, underneath this idea of something that is uh, what we call low risk, high grace. Uh, you know, it's, it's not very risky for people to go out and pass out a Dr. Pepper um, or a water or Gatorade. You know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You might drop it or <laughs> someone might say, no, thank you. But it's very high grace in the sense that, man, we are dependent on God to show up for something cool to happen. And we have just seen over and over again that uh, the introverts that come, God is the one that pushes them out of their comfort zone. And then, you know, two years in consistent outreach, they're sharing the gospel now. They're the ones sharing the gospel in our prisons and, and sharing the gospel in their, in their workplaces and so on and so forth. So that'd be kind of my second, second point is do not negate those that might not be quite ready. Uh, third one would probably be uh, you got to focus on consistency. I really think that is such a key in today's culture um, because I really do think that if people see you one time out in the community. I'm not saying God doesn't do stuff with that. I think that he will. God can do anything. Uh, but I think that they kind of see that as a, oh, they kind of expect that. But when they see you washing cars and then two weeks later, they see you at the laundromat paying for people's laundry. And then two weeks later, you're at apartment complexes taking out trash. And two weeks later, you're at the soccer fields throwing a block party, whatever it is. Uh, I think that is where things start really happening. And, you know, we kind of have a formula that is God's love shown in the community plus consistency plus time equals really cool things happening. <laughs>
So we're very clear. We don't want to tell you what that equals because we can't promise anything. That's up to God. Uh, but, you know, God's love shown in practical ways, plus time, plus consistency. That is where we have seen the community really respond and our church really respond and seeing people grow and sharing their faith. And so consistency has to be key. It doesn't have to be twice a month. Um, but, you know, I think more than once a year or twice a year is, is really key when we're talking about outreach. Um, fourth one would probably be that this actually doesn't have to be that expensive. Um, I planted a church in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, we raised money as missionaries. We had no budget money. And so, um, and then when we started outreach here in Texas, I think we had maybe $1,200 for the entire year. And so we did a lot of really, really affordable outreaches. And they are just as good as the very elaborate, expensive ones where you're buying gas for people or you're, you know, giving out uh, uh, free movie cards or whatever it is. You know, take out trash at apartments, pass out waters and Gatorades instead of sodas, um, you know, go door to door and pick uh, people's weeds and rake, rake their yards in, in the fall. Uh, a lot of these can be done very, very cheaply um, and you don't need a lot of money to get started. And then you asked me for five, so let me see if I can think of a fifth one. <laughs> but actually, I can. Yeah, it's it's you know have fun. There there is just something that uh, you know I don't know Tori you already spoke into it about the big serve day is man it is just so much fun to serve together and, and to love one another as we're lo lo uh, loving our community. Uh, and Jesus actually speaks into this in John chapter thirteen. He's speaking to his disciples and he says, you know, the whole world will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. And I think that he was saying specifically in context, the way we love one another as Christians is such a testament to the world that we have something that they, that they don't, that we have Jesus. And so I think when we're having fun, you know, we're kind of hitting each other with the wet towel on the car wash, or we're spraying each other in the face at the window wash team or whatever it is, you know, people see our smiles. People see um, you know, our, di our, our diversity and background, our diversity, maybe ethnicity, I don't know. Um, and people see something that they don't have because we're loving one another as, as we're loving them. And we've actually had people say that, you know, they came to our church, they came to know Jesus, and they said, we came because we realized you had something that we did not have. And we saw that in your smiles. So yeah, have fun. Have fun. I love it. This stuff is so fresh. Like, I can ask people for tips and I can guarantee like I've probably heard a lot of them, but what you're saying is like, it's so fresh. It's so new. I love, don't overthink it. That's me a hundred percent. I've got to plan it. I got to know it's going to be good. Um, I think that it is so much fun to be able to go out and see how it's going to fail. We talk, we laugh all the time over here about our failed outreach ideas. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I freaked a lady out one time trying to help her unload groceries and I didn't speak Spanish and she thought I was trying to steal her groceries. Um, so many fun things, right? But you learn and it's yeah. the best, like the best of times. So you build your history that way. That's so cool. But introverts not look, overlooking the people in our church who are not bent this way are naturally ready to hop on an outreach. I think that that is one of the best things that I've heard talked about from anybody. Like I've never really heard anybody put a lot of focus on that before. Um, I feel like there's a lot of gold deep though. The introverted ones or the quieter ones, the sharp, there is some depth inside of us. I'm one of them. I've done outreach my whole life. I've learned how to push through, but 
those people are the ones who notice things like yeah. you're if you're the one who's sitting back in the corner you're going to see a lot differently you're going to have a different perspective on things so for us to have the forethought to say i'm going to go after that person because i need their eyes and their ears and i want them to be invited to the table and to the story yeah. you need them so i love that you put a focus on that i know it takes um it's not as easy to get what you're going for immediately but the time has got to be worth it. So I love that that brings such a diversity to what you guys do. I think that's important for all of us to remember. That's awesome. Consistency. Okay, this is what I wanted to ask you about, which I think you kind of covered, but we talk about consistency in a lot of different ways. And I love that it sounds like you guys don't necessarily run the same play as a definition of consistency, but it's showing up in the community as a whole. So it's not that you're going to the same exact laundromat every other Saturday but you're just making a presence do you feel like that that covers like people understand that you're consistent even though they might not see your face every saturday you being involved can you speak to that like what is the definition of consistency to you yeah so i think i think the definition would just be you know having a presence in your community and serving on a regular basis and kind of like even when we're defining consistency as far as our community seeing that just like we said with God is not random, we leave that up to the Lord. And, and you know, we have really cool stories of someone uh, that was at like a, a festival. They were from California. They weren't even from Texas. They were at a festival and one of our teams was there passing out water. And then she walked down the street and uh, she had a mom in a wheelchair. And one of our teams helped her mom get up, you know, the uh, up the hill in the wheelchair. And then they got too hot. So they went down the street to a Dunkin' Donuts. And our, one of our teams was there buying people's Dunkin' Donuts and they moved to Texas. She came to Texas and some of her family members actually came to know the Lord in our church. And so, um, you know, then there's other things where people, they uh, will be served by us and then a whole year will pass by, but then they'll come to a car wash and then they'll connect those two things. And so I would just say like with consistency in our community, we, again, we let God kind of be the, the story maker there. Uh, we, we, hope that we know that he will be the one that kind of connects the dots there. And, and honestly, I think consistency can even look different in the, in the mind of our community for different people. And, um, and there's been, there's been people that have held on to the outreach cards that I referenced, uh, you know, before for four years before they even come to our church or maybe get reached again. Um, but yeah, it's just that, it's just that, you know, God, God takes small things and makes it much bigger than they seem. And one cool story with that is, you know, when we were planting a church in Vancouver, Canada, it was uh, just my wife and I, so two people, that's all we had in the entire church at that time. And we went out and we passed out candy to some of the local businesses that morning, uh, the morning I'm referencing. And then that afternoon, we went to a whole different section of the town and washed the windows of the businesses that were around there. And one of the employees came out and said, man, what church is this? Are you guys like a mega church? because my girlfriend got candy from you this morning. And then this afternoon, you're washing my windows. <laughs> they said, you guys are everywhere. And my wife and I just looked at each other and started laughing like, you know, all two of us, yes, we're everywhere. Um, but those are the kind of stories that God weaves together. And I think that is actually kind of the premise behind the, the title conspiracy of kindness is that people will start seeing this as like, what in the world is going on? you know, your church is everywhere. You gave me a drink here. You washed my car here. Uh, you know, the, my, my employees go to your church. They're telling me about this all the time. And so 
uh, I do think that God kind of sets the definition of what consistency looks like in the community. And then for a church side, um, because I really think when we're talking about outreach, we're talking about reaching the community, but we're also talking about empowering our church to do outward focused things. And so I get told all the time, I love the fact that I can miss an outreach and not have to wait three months to get jump back in, you know, and people feel the freedom. Hey, like I don't have to decide between my kids sports games and going to an outreach because I know there's going to be another one in just a few weeks. And so I think that that consistency helps people. Um, that consistency helps people say, hey, I'm going to go to the car wash this time. I'm not going to talk to anyone. The next time I'm going to go and pray and then talk. And then the next time maybe I'll actually share my story. And so, yeah, I think even that in that aspect or that regard, consistency is, is key. And, and you're absolutely right. We don't, we're not going to the same exact place uh, doing the exact same thing. Now we will go to the same places a lot um, and, and that way people see our consistency in that way. Um, but basically how we have it set up is you walk into our church building, we'll have three different outreach teams going out that day, going to three different locations and people will pick which outreach they want to do and then they'll go out and serve for only 90 minutes. That was probably one of the big five that I missed is we try to keep it short because we're so consistent is we want you only really serving for 90 minutes. So we have a, a 10 to 12 time frame that we're always serving in. And, um, and, and so, yeah, so that's kind of what it looks like. I love that. And I love the, the time frame. I remember when we talked on the phone, you mentioned you give people a glimpse, but your heart is for them to catch on for this to be a part of their lifestyle. So they're like, oh, that was just a taste of it. Right. And so you teach them to like bring that into their life. That's really, really cool. I love it so much. Um, and another thing that I have noticed just talking with you guys a little bit is you guys believe in the power of what this is. Like it is not, I know sometimes, especially some of the men can be like, this is too cutesy for me. Like, I'm not going to go hold up a sign and give out Reese's eggs. Like, there's no way. But you guys believe it's so powerful because you've seen it. Like, I heard a story on another podcast that Pastor Dino did. They were talking about someone paid for someone's meal in a drive through line, left a kindness card, and they got a call at the church a few weeks later. And they're like, whoever paid for my meal at this deli, I was going home to end my life. Like yeah. that told me that someone cared and it stopped me from taking my own life. So it's like, no, it's not a cutesy thing to do. It really is powerful. So I love that you carry that. It's not, yeah, it's fun, but it is, it is full of power. So that just, it just shows and in how intentional and thoughtful you guys are in everything that you do. So that's amazing. Thank you for sharing these tips. Like I know there's probably a hundred more, so this is just scratching the surface. Um, but I do, I cannot stop without asking what are some of your like spitfire, some of your favorite practical kindness outreaches you have done or seen done? Yeah. So, so yeah, I know I've already referenced it, but I, I love the dollar car wash. Uh, it's probably the best like wow moment for people when they're served. Uh, it's really good for, again, entire groups of people to go and serve because there's sign holders, there's car washers. And then there's the people that really love evangelism and really love uh, praying and talking. They get to be there uh, for a while there at, at the at the at the car i really do love the red light giveaways because uh that's kind of like you know you're at the traffic light you're you're kind of stuck there <laughs> you're not expecting someone to give you a free chicken mini or a uh, you know a drink or whatever it is we do pumpkins in the fall we do mother's day carnations on mother's day um we've done glow sticks around christmas time free bows whatever it is so the red light giveaways you know you can actually kind of think of different ones to do throughout the year uh, i love park outreaches so we we pass out bubble wands all the time. 
um, at parks, at swimming pools, at sporting events, um, you know, window washing and toilet washing, going and blessing businesses that way. Um, we do pop-up block parties. So that's kind of where, you know, we, we learned from Jesus. He always went to where people were. He never really kind of expected them to come to him. And so we said, hey, why don't we start taking the kingdom of God to where people are? And so we pop up block parties already where people are already gathered rather than inviting them to us. Not that that's bad. Uh, so we go to soccer games and go to neighborhoods and parks and pop up a block party. Um, you know, the laundry love. I love that one. Giving quarters out to people at the laundromat. Uh, and so, yeah, there's there's quite a few. Um, and I think Tori already mentioned that she'll put uh, a way to contact me or look at our social media, and, and we try to post every idea that we do uh, as we go out because th there are so many good ones and, and uh, really fun ones. So good. Yes, yes, yes. I, I don't know how many times we featured you guys. I have to stop myself like, Tori, you can only do two, like you can't do two in the same week. You have to just, it's going to be fine. Spread it out. <laughs> so many good ones. Um, I want to ask one more question before we kind of get into the closing thoughts, but what's a story that you carry with you? I know you already shared a couple, but is there one that's just like, that was, I'm going to hold on to that for the rest of my life. Just someone being impacted or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, there was a, a lady who was an outreach leader uh, for us and she was getting out of her car one day and uh, another woman kind of came behind her and gave her a big bear hug. And uh, I always say that's very dangerous to do in Texas. <laughs> Everyone is packing here and so you don't just go hugging anyone. Uh, but <clears throat> our outreach leader named Hannah turned around and said, you know, excuse me, I'm sorry, do I know you? And the woman said, I don't know you, or sorry, you don't know me, but um, a couple months ago, you guys passed out little free dum-dum packs, which is the dum-dum suckers. And, and, and in there, there was an invite to our Easter services. And she said, I came to that Easter service because of the kindness that you showed me. And I actually came to know the Lord. And so she said, um, you know, that her daughter was not a Christian. And she was away from college whenever this woman actually came to know the Lord. And so the daughter is home from college uh, uh, during the summertime, a couple months after this lady came to know the Lord. And she was telling Hannah that she was sharing Jesus with her daughter. And she said that as she was sharing Jesus with her daughter, um, her daughter started, stopped her in her tracks and said, why are you sharing this with me? God has never shown me that he's real. Why would I believe in a Jesus that has never shown me that he loves me? And the mom said, literally, as she was finishing that sentence, there was a knock on the door and they went and answered it. And there was uh, a, a team from our church with a big free movie night sign and they were giving out free red box codes. We do Amazon codes now, but free red box codes, uh, popcorn and Dr. Pepper for everyone in that neighborhood to know that God is real and that he loves them very much. <laughs> and then she said, the team said, can we pray a quick and second prayer for you guys? And so the mom said that the daughter went from saying, God has never shown up in my life to answering the door to having a bunch of Christians give them gifts to just remind them that there is a God and that he loves them, to being prayed over. <laughs> and she said, as the door shut, uh, the daughter's mouth just went wide open. <laughs> and what I can't tell you is that she came to know the Lord right then and there. But what I can tell you is that uh, when she does come to know the Lord, she'll look back on that time as not a random moment in time, but as a time that God was moving through our people to say, I, I love you and, and I want to know you. And, um, and again, I, I think that just speaks back to that Jesus is the one that draws people to himself. 
and two, that none of this is random, that there's so many stories like this that we don't even hear. Um, like you said, we've also gotten the stories of, man, I was literally walking through the park thinking about killing myself uh, when I got a free hot cocoa packet, and that's when God came into my life. And, and so, yeah, we, I, I, could, I could share a bunch of different stories, but those are two that basically, like you said, showed me the power of how God uses simple acts of kindness uh, to reach people. I don't even have words. That is the wildest, most beautiful story ever. Oh my gosh. It just makes you feel like so honored that you would get to be invited into a moment like that. Like you have no idea. A dum-dum, like that all started from dum-dum and some pop, like what the world. God is crazy. That is insane. It makes me just want to go out and do all the craziest things I can think of and see what he does. So, so cool. Thank you, Austin. This is amazing stuff. Um, couple more questions real quick. So I always ask people if you could recommend a book or a podcast or what's inspiring you right now, besides Conspiracy of Kindness. We've, yeah. we've alluded to that one a lot. What else can you recommend for us to tap into? No, I really enjoyed a book called uh, Kingdom Matrix by Jeff Christofferson. And um, it was talking a lot about how, you know, there's kind of a different quadrant for churches. There's kind of brand expanding churches and then there's kingdom expanding churches. And it was just kind of getting into the nuts and bolts of what that looks like. And, you know, brand expanding churches usually uh, attract self-seekers, whereas kingdom expanding churches attract people that might not know King Jesus yet, but they love the idea of the kingdom of God and really the culture of the kingdom of God. And so I've seen that a lot with our outreaches is that, man, we'll reach people that already have a lot of the values of the kingdom of God. They just don't know King Jesus yet. And so kindness has become that bridge to kind of connect kingdom seekers to hopefully what we are doing by, by God's power kingdom expansion. So yeah, Kingdom Matrix by Jeff Christofferson was really powerful for me. That's a new one. I've not gotten that recommendation for it. I'm excited to read that. That sounds very, very profound. Very good. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing your little secret there. Um, let's see. How can people reach out to you? Or I know Instagram, Austin Cooper 89. Um, I got that one. What else can we website? Anything like that? Yeah, I would say I, I feel very comfortable, uh, you know, with texting and calling. And so please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, my number, I'm sure Tori can put it up, but my number is 817-304-8326. And I would love to have a, a you know, just a, a phone chat with you or a text or anything that you heard that might've inspired you. Or if you are looking to uh, do one of those kindness explosions, uh, you know, I would love for you to contact me. And, and so, um, you know, we actually don't have a website uh, I didn't really touch on this before, but the more we try to do things ourselves, the less it happened when, we, when we're talking about kindness explosions. And so <laughs> we kind of just put our, uh, our Instagram out there and my number, and we, we usually get contacted that way. But I would love to talk to you. And, and this is, again, a calling that God has placed on my life to, to share this stuff. And so it never gets old to me. Oh my gosh. Okay, Bob Goff. <laughs> just share your cell phone with everybody. I love it. That is so cool. It just speaks so much to your heart that it is really a personal connection. It's about people and that, that just means so much. So thank you so much for all of this. Like I, I feel like we need to have a follow-up because I know that this was just, this is amazing. I'm going to spend so much time listening back to this. I know you guys listening have 
I know you're so inspired. Um, thank you, Austin, for your time today. Thank you, listeners, for jumping on. Um, anything else that we missed that you just got to get out there, Austin? Closing word. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think I did. I did miss one thing, and that was uh, you already spoke on it. But man, we have seen people that come to our outreaches consistently totally develop this for their lives 24/7. And so we have a lot of cool stories of people sharing Christ in prisons and in their workplaces and on the kids' sports teams that got their toes wet in outreach, but then applied it to their everyday life. So I don't think it's an either or. I don't think it's a people have to be missionaries in their everyday life or come to outreach. Um, I think they work together and people get their feet wet in outreach and then apply it to their everyday life. And so that's been one of the most uh, rewarding things as a pastor that I've seen is people take the tools that we give them on the two hours on a Saturday and apply it to their lives 24 seven. Wow. It's who you are. It's, it's like part, you're building it into their identity. That is so good. So powerful. Thank you so much, Austin. This has been a blast. I hope that you enjoy your hazelnut lattes <laughs> for a million years to come. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for jumping on. We will see you next time on the server. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for joining in on today's conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe to see who we'll be having coffee with next time on the Serve Brew.